Hi, you've just downloaded or otherwise accessed a podcast of Cross Point Church and the teaching ministry presented through our weekly Sunday morning worship. Feel free to burn a copy of this file when you're finished and pass it along to a friend you think might also benefit from the teaching. We hope you enjoy the message today, and thanks again for taking the time to visit. We're going to talk this month about woes and mornings, and mornings are pretty obvious, but a woe, if you're not familiar with that term, a woe is a, a warning with consequence attached. And Jesus speaks a great deal to that in the New Testament, especially in Matthew and Luke. We're going to look there primarily over the next few weeks. But um, the first warning I want us to see today is from Galatians 5, if you want to turn there. It's this warning about freedom. Uh, we think freedom is, a, is an American concept, and it is. Uh, let me share with you these first few paragraphs, or the first couple of paragraphs in the last paragraph of the Declaration of Independence. It says, when the, in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another, and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them. A decent respect for the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed, that whenever any, any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or abolish it and to institute a new government, laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and their happiness. And the last, last paragraph says this. Therefore, we as representatives of the United States of America in general Congress assembled, appealing to the Supreme Judge of the world for the rectitude of our intentions, do in the name and by the authority of the good people of these colonies, solemnly publish and declare that these united colonies are and of right ought to be free and independent states, that they are absolved from all allegiance to the British crown, and that all political connection between them and the state of Great Britain is and ought to be totally dissolved and that as free and independent states, they have full power to levy war, conclude peace, contract alliances, establish commerce, and to do all other acts and things which independent states may have right do. And for the support of this declaration, with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. We may think freedom is an American idea, and it is, but it didn't originate with you and I. Galatians 5 speaks to this, the freedom we have in Christ, and how there is warning that, that's attached to that freedom. I want us to look at today. Galatians 5, verse 1, and then verses 13 to 15. Verse 1 says this, It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Now drop down to verse 13. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but, and here's the warning, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, 
Love your neighbor as yourself. If you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out or you'll be destroyed by each other. Now, a few things I want us to see from this text today. The first is this, is that freedom is a daily choice. The daily choice, look at verse 1 again. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by this yoke of slavery. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm, he says here. Have you ever wondered why we allow ourselves to be burdened in the first place at all? I would submit that it's probably in all likelihood we see common burdens among each, each other. We, we, we don't know of a person who doesn't carry some kind of burden around. And so we allow ourselves to be burdened just because it's, it's the nature of the American way. It's the nature of life sometimes, the nature of circumstance. I believe it's, it's as well because we, we assume that everybody's supposed to live that way and walk that way. Assuming we're supposed to be burdened down people. Uh, that's the way we're supposed to live. But John 16, Jesus says this, in this world, you will have trouble. He also goes on to say, take heart, I will overcome the world. Meaning that trouble is the byproduct of a sinful world, but being burdened by it is a choice we make. Let me say that again. Trouble is the byproduct of a sinful world, but being burdened by it is a choice you and I make every day. That's why we're encouraged here to stand firm in the freedom that Christ has given to us and, and, and not be subject, as he says here, to, to a yoke of slavery. Now, that phrase, yoke of slavery, he's referring here to the law and the bondage that living under the law can bring. And, and the Galatian church was struggling with that. So just as freedom in, in this country wasn't free and isn't free, it costs some men and women their lives for us to be able to worship freely here today and to speak freely as, as we wish. Uh, just as that is true, our freedom in Christ wasn't without cost. Also, it cost him his life at the cross. And he willingly laid down his life for us to give us the choice daily to live and walk in freedom. Second thing I think I want us to see from this text is this, is that freedom not only is a daily choice, but freedom ungoverned feeds the flesh. Look at the first part of verse 13. Freedom ungoverned feeds the flesh. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Here's where freedom's warning enters, our, enters the picture here. Uh, it's, it's true that when we trusted Christ as Savior, we were instantly and eternally set free from the penalty of sin. That's true for all of us. However, that newfound freedom doesn't give us carte blanche to do whatever we want, whenever we want, wherever we want. That's not the idea. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it is to, to, to rein in these desires of the flesh. Each of us from birth are bent in a, in a direction of self-indulgence. We, uh, we want what we want when we want it and, and don't want anything to stop that or, or to hold it in place. You've been to Pigeon Forge or to the beach or somewhere and, and ridden go-karts, I'm sure. Well, if, you, if you've ridden go-karts in a public setting somewhere, there are governors on the, on the motors that you can only go so fast. That's to prevent screw-ups like me from wrecking and crashing into other people and knocking them off the track. Uh, but th those governors are, whole, are, are to hold the speed to a certain level to where if, if there is contact or a crash or an accident, hopefully nobody's hurt. That's the idea here is to put a governor on ourselves when it, when it pertains to freedom that he's talking about here. Uh, verse 16 says, the desires of the spirit in the life of a believer are supposed to be supersede the desires of the flesh. Uh, he's, he's saying here that the desires of flesh are natural desires and because that desire of the spirit is unnatural 
It is a disciplined, learned, practiced behavior. It's something we have to get up every day and, and work at doing to say, I want to rein in and put a governor on my freedom, realizing that I can't do whatever I want, whenever I want, wherever I want. But Christ has set me free, and I need to live and walk in that freedom. So there's this balance then of our living under total freedom that Jesus has provided and recognizing that unchecked and ungoverned, that same freedom can, can be dangerous in the flesh, but liberating in the spirit. That's, that's, that's the balance that we need to seek. So how do we live and walk out that balance? Well, that brings us to our third point. Freedom is best lived in service. It is best lived in service. Look at the last part of verse 13. It says, rather, don't, uh, don't use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. Serve one another humbly in love. He's saying the best evidence of our freedom in Christ is our willingness to serve someone else. That's the best evidence of, of, of it being seen. So just as freedom in the flesh is all about me, freedom in the spirit then is about other folks. It's about others. Here's what I think you'll discover as we walk this out, is that the blessings of God will follow the freedom we have in Christ, and the freedom we have in Christ will best be seen when we serve each other. So as we serve, we experience freedom. And as we experience freedom in, in, in connection and context with service, God's blessings follow that pattern. Uh, he, he's saying here that we get out of that equation and life didn't work very well. We follow that equation of freedom, and it does. Putting that action, that freedom into action to serve one another. But let's read on. It says there that it's also not uh, just serve one another, but serve one another humbly in love. Humbly in love. What's he talking about? He's talking about attitude there. Uh, our service is meaningless if it's either done begrudgingly on the one hand or so that everybody can see how, how, how much we're, service we're doing on the other hand. It's, uh, that, that, that's not the desire. An attitude of, of humility and love wants to serve and is looking for a place to serve rather than picking and choosing where we can serve that we can be, get the most credit and be, be noticed the most. So instead of, disturbing, of serving because we are seeking love, we're to serve and affirm others because we love and, and appreciate them and, and to serve them in humility. So... Instead of asking God to bless my life, I need to be asking God to bless my service. Because in blessing my service, I experience his freedom. And when I experience his freedom, I see the life in that that it gives. It's best lived in service. It's a daily choice. And ungoverned, it feeds the flesh. But the fourth thing about freedom is this. The fourth thing about freedom is it is motivated by love. Freedom is motivated by love. Look at verse 14. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now, if you read the entirety of chapter 5 of Galatians, you'll see that Paul's addressing the Galatian church about the, this struggle they have between freedom and legalism. Uh, this, that's the, the, the crux of the context of, of this scripture. Uh, but this comes to a head here in verse 14 when he tells them, in essence, that their perception that they look better under the law is really a false perception because... He says, if you really don't want to experience freedom, you, you come away from bondage of the law and, and lay yourself down in service and give yourself away to others on a regular basis. And that's, that's where the freedom comes in and steps in. That freedom best lived and best experienced is found in the selfless love of others. Put another way, freedom isn't found in doing what you want. Freedom is found in wanting what God wants for you. 
Do you hear that? Freedom isn't found in doing what you want. It's in you wanting what God wants for you. That's where you really experience freedom. That's best expressed. It's best witnessed when we move beyond ourselves and into the joy that freedom and loving others and serving them will bring. That's fulfilling and liberating, but to get to that place, we've got to get beyond ourselves and get our eyes and attentions and efforts and energies focused on other folks to get there. Given the choice, we would all choose a life of freedom over a life of burdens, and rightfully so. But we can't ignore the warnings that come with freedom. And he, he, he issues them here to say, freedom's a great thing. Walk in the freedom you have in Christ, but don't see it as a desire to indulge the flesh. Freedom is not about you, it's about him. It's not about what, what comes your way. It's about what, what you can bring others' way in serving them and loving them. Well, woes and warnings, as we wrap up today, woes and warnings are like guardrails in a believer's life. None of us think we want them until they keep us from going off the cliff. When we see that, when we can experience that in hindsight, I can think today of, just as my mind is going through my history, of how the guardrails that God's put in place have kept me from making a huge mistake, several huge mistakes. And those guardrails look like woes and warnings to us. They seem to be, on the surface, restrictive. When we learn to be, to, to be guided by them and bounded by them, we see the safety in them. And we see that within those boundaries, there's incredible freedom. You've seen the episode many of you have probably where uh, on Seinfeld where Kramer adopts a, a mile of a highway and he, he turns a four-lane ro road into two-lane road and he paints over the stripes. Well, here comes cars down, the, down a two-lane road. Now the, wane, the lanes, instead of 12 feet wide, they're 24 feet wide and the cars are doing all this this freedom inside these lanes. But, but the stripes there exist to keep you in your lane so that you can have freedom in the in lane where you are. And, and woes and warnings are that way for you and I. They're the guardrails that we experience freedom inside of but get outside of and the consequences we don't want to experience. So, so those guardrails are, are necessary and, and can keep us from, from going over the cliff. When we're glad they're there, we start to understand some things about freedom. God's put them there for our good and for our protection. So we should learn from them and be grateful for them. As, as I said earlier, that we see um, what would otherwise look like correction in a woe or a warning is really creating boundaries for us to have freedom within those boundaries. And that's why I want to start today with freedom to say we are free in Christ, but not to do everything we want to to please our flesh. Because that, that freedom we have in Christ is about him and not about us. Pray with me. Father, today you have, uh, by way of the cross, freed every one of us who have, has invited you into our heart as Lord and Savior. If there's one here today that hasn't done that, would you cause them to desire to experience the freedom to rest and joy today in you? The freedom that you died for and shed, you, shed, <coughs> shed your blood for, that we today could walk in a place of victory, in a place that, that doesn't keep us in bondage and keep us uh, quelled down from the things we want to do and become, but frees us to experience in you all that you've designed for us to be and do and become. That was experienced at the cross. And so we stand today grateful here and worthy of 
unworthy of that freedom that you've given us. Even grateful and unworthy as freedom we experience as Americans uh, to be born into this country, to live here, uh, to, to experience the freedoms we experience here on a regular basis and probably oftentimes take for granted. But you placed us and blessed us in this place and we, we're grateful for that and thank you for it. So as we walk this way, this road uh, over these next few weeks with the woes and warnings that follow after freedom, would you help us experience those things to see that there are necessary guardrails for us, there are necessary boundaries you put in place for us to experience you in a way that we otherwise never would. When we get off the rails, get off the road, get on our own, we miss seeing you, we miss seeing your hand, we miss seeing your way. But within the context of where you designed for us to walk and live, within those boundaries, within, within those guardrails, we experience you in ways we never would otherwise because we are headed down a path that you have guided and guarded and protected for us to be on. Help, help us to leave this place grateful today because you, you have put those things in place and because we are free to experience them in, in the freedom of the Holy Spirit today. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to today's message from Cross Point Church helping people navigate the journey toward an authentic, biblical, and contagious walk with Christ. 